Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking digital farming with Lucy Cottingham, Agri's UK Digital Agronomy Development Manager, and Sam Fordham, the Technical Manager for Riser Digital. We will be looking at digital farming and how agronomists and growers can use this technology on farm, plus what is in development for the near future. So Sam, if I can start by asking you, what actually is digital farming? Very good question, Tony. Um, Digital farming is basically the ability to use uh, data, which of, of which there's a lot Uh, available to farmers but use it in a way that you can make decisions uh, better informed decisions and be able to change the way you're doing things uh, for greater benefit for your business but effectively utilizing everything that's out there for you to get hold of and there is a huge amount of data being thrown at farmers at the moment Uh, from various different companies and open sources available uh, right from machinery manufacturers chemical manufacturers to agronomy companies such as agri and being able to to understand that and utilize it in a way that actually brings something to the business is is kind of where we see digital farming Right. So I, I can hear what you're saying about, you know, there being a lot of sources of data. But you also mentioned that it's, it's important in terms of the benefits to the growers. In a nutshell, what are the key benefits of using all of this data? I think that the, the first thing that you, you can really take from it is, is better decision making. And farmers are making decisions every day uh, about multiple multiple different things and the biggest decision making tool that all farmers can relate to is is a weather forecast that what we do with weather or what we do in in farming is intrinsically linked to, to what's happening with the weather whether that's applications or cultivations um, drilling so that's one source of data but you would be amazed with how many different um types of weather data that you can be supplied with whether it's a a weather station on farm or it's coming from something as generic as the bbc and is everything in between so after the ability to make in better in more informed decisions it's then the the what how and the when type questions so we've we've got data what are we going to do with it um how is that going to influence what we're trying to achieve and influence certain parts of our business and and when are we going to do that when's the best time to to implement some of these things and to get the best use out of them so from that we can take as i mentioned weather data before making decisions there but we have satellite imagery available and that can start to show us how crops are developing areas that are developing better than others Um, but it also highlights to us areas of concern so where we may have pest problems, weed problems. So from a decision-making perspective, there is almost, you know, where do I walk in my field? Where do I want to go and have a look? Um, we have pest and disease models that are built into um, the, the RISER platform, but also other platforms that, that are on the market currently. 
And the idea behind EMIST is to help farmers and agronomists not necessarily say you should be going spraying, you shouldn't be going spraying, but to as a tool in the armory to use to assess the risk associated to, to the decision that they're making, whether to uh, whether it is, should we be spraying or not, but what chemistry are we using? Do we need a more robust program or can we, if the risk is lower, but we still want to cover our backs, can we use a slightly less robust program and potentially a cheaper program? There's a lot there within that data from what I'm hearing in terms of helping the farmer or the grower, but also to help the agronomist in terms of um, seeing hot spots to see areas where he needs to focus or she needs to focus in terms of making sure the overall performance of that field, that area uh, is, is maintained. Can you translate all of that effort into the bottom line? Is, is the bottom line measurable in terms of, for example, the gross margin or the, the profit and loss for that particular area? Yield is still king. We can't get away from that. And um, there are other things that are becoming more important but the, the, the end measure is, is how much you produce. If there are limiting factors within fields, with the technology that's available to farmers now, not only from a digital side, but the technology on machinery, so, so variable rate capabilities and things like that, you are able to address individual areas or sub areas within fields and reduce the limiting factors that are consequently, consequently having a knock on yield. But also using that digital armory for that decision making process, if you can be more accurate with what you're doing, time it better, but also potentially have a better product choice based on data you've collected from digital, your bottom line will be measured by your yield and which, of course, can equate to a gross margin. So pretty valuable tools uh, that, that can help growers and also the agronomists. Lucy, if I, if I can ask you a question. Um, how do you see this arena of digital farming developing over the next few years? I think it's become it's going to become um, an increasingly important um, area on farm and something that's going to be taken up a lot more by by growers. And and I think probably what's driving that is is the agricultural bill and and obviously the changes that have come as a result of that, um, especially on the precision farming side. Um, obviously, we're trying to support farmers to sort of focus on their business and improve efficiencies um, whilst also reducing environmental footprint. Um, so there are sort of, there is more um, available for farmers in terms of grants and really pushing to get them to use equipment and technology that's gonna allow them to target um, their resources and, and be more efficient. So in, in a nutshell really it is, I think it's gonna really develop and sort of, um, become more prominent on farm and more commonplace where precision farming and, and digital technologies are utilised a lot. Interestingly, I, I found it amazing when I went on to the Food and Agriculture Organisation of the United Nations, the FAO, and just saw how big a part digital farming and that innovation that's associated with it was playing worldwide from uh, China, the South Americas, North Americas, what literally all over the world. It was quite incredible. Do you think that this technology is easy for growers in the UK to adopt? Yeah, I think there's there's different elements to it. So for each grower, they've got to establish what's going to be of most benefit for them to use, whether that's the imagery they want to be using, the imagery to look at their crops, to see how areas of, the, of a field might be developing, um, to target applications, right through to it might be just they, their benefit 
benefiting from sort of the weather station. So there are different elements that I think growers can sort of tailor to, to their needs. So it's exciting stuff. It sounds like there's some really valuable tools there for growers. So Sam, for the grower who is fully embracing precision farming right now, what tools are they actually using? Precision farming is uh, is a massive sector of the agricultural industry now. It's at many levels across farms, from the very cutting edge to the to the guys that are just dipping their toe into the into the ocean with it. So, if we separate out uh, the elements of precision farming, so you've got the machinery side of it, which is things such as RTK um, straight, which is your ability to drive in a straight line to a very good very high level of accuracy section control um, telematics that sort of thing so being able to map and understand what your machinery is doing from the office um, that's one part of it but part of that element is the variable rate capabilities and the systems on the tractors that allow you and the machinery that allow you to 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 tailor these inputs to to variation within the field and that's sort of where where we step in and where um the the precision farming companies such as riser um, get involved is taking the digital side of it so the the satellite imagery the soil sampling um mapping mapping of fields and turning that into something that the machinery can then utilize its part of precision farming to aid the farmer and there's so such a wide diverse range of of where farmers are at with that um there, it, it has been previously very expensive to get into in in the early years a steering system on a tractor could be upwards of £20,000 and then upgrades to machinery to be able to do the, the variable rates were, were expensive and, and were a, an optional extra when machinery was bought down to that stuff's available to the second hand market now and third hand market. So it's getting utilised by farmers further down the line that haven't had to make that significant investment. But stuff coming out the factory now comes variable rate ready. So it's like all things in technology, the price decreases as it as it advances. So the, the level of engagement is diverse and it really goes from the from the bottom to the top. And we deal with with all those different types within what we do with Riser. So if we're thinking about, for example, this season and a grower who isn't currently a client of Riser. Um, how quickly can they step in and start using some of these tools? Or are they already using some of the tools? We've got a, a reasonably large client base that are currently using the riser tools this season as we speak. I've been making maps this afternoon for, for customers to do variable rate nitrogen. And that's something that's um, uh, very good this year with the, the variability within crops from the slightly tricky autumn and more tricky winter meant that crops that were established early didn't come out of winter so great and the crops drilled in in January really didn't have much of a chance so there's there's massive variability and tailoring that nitrogen to, to what you've actually got in the field is is the right thing to do um, currently that's that's happening at the moment but if you're not on the system already we 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 can get farmers up and running pretty quickly 
we require um, boundaries because we need to know where the fields are and, and cropping information. But from then we can start collecting that weather data, satellite imagery, pest and disease data pretty swiftly. So it, it, it can be utilized in season. You also don't have to be with RTK and section control and all the bells and whistles to use the information that we provide in RISER. Most fertilizer spreaders and drills you have the ability to change the rate on the fly in the cab by using the plus and minus buttons on the controller. So I have got guys that use our imagery that uh, just to make small tweaks in the field as they're going. So sort of analyzing the, the, the situation as they're going through the field with our imagery on, on, on an app, our mobile scouting app, uh, are doing a, a form of variable rate application without using the, 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 the GPS stuff that we, we work with. So it can be done. It's hard work and potentially room for error, but it can be done. I'm listening to what you're saying about the variable rates of uh, fertilizer application. Do you have off the top of your mind uh, any figures you could share in terms of if you had a thousand hectares, for example, of wheat, it, you know, could you actually give a snapshot of what that saving could be? Very much depends on the, the year, to be quite honest with you. Uh, last year, where we had very patchy crops coming out of winter due to the, the horrendous autumn drilling period we had customers that were saving upwards of 12 pounds a hectare by cutting the nitrogen application where the crops didn't warrant the application which of course is a massive economic benefit to the farm and when you look at a margin over input of of the cost of the service from riser um, to what the savings were it was a no-brainer but that wouldn't be the case every year but as well as it being being an economic return, there's obviously an environmental factor in there as well. And as Lucy mentioned earlier, that is going to really be driving a lot of the decision making on farm and certainly a lot of what we do with Riser in, in future years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Lucy, therefore, talking about the development trials that uh, you've got in the ground, you know, what are you going to be looking at this particular year? Basically, um, the the trials were was a project that was started in the autumn of 2019 um, and it it was basically with the strength of the agri R&D we felt that it would be beneficial to have some trials on the ground that looked specifically at the services services we're offering with RISER um, so so basically the the farms that we've got on board it, it's a farmer-led initiative that involves 10 agri growers their agronomists and and obviously digital agronomy specialist RISER um, and the trials that we started off with, we actually put out a, a grower survey to our 10 um, farmers to ask them where they found most valuable in precision farming, which, you know, which elements they found most valuable. And so we actually did tailor our trials based on these results. So what we did for year one was we looked at variable rate seeding, we looked at variable rate nitrogen, and we also looked at tailored and a tailored nutrition program. So on that particular one, it was looking at soil and tissue results throughout the year and then basing applications on those results. And this was compared to farms, a farm standard nutrition approach. Um, and 
so that was last year's and then what we've done is for this year we've actually developed that a bit more um, and refined what we're actually doing so we've learned off off of the data that we had last year and, and made some changes for this year but essentially we're running the same trials but we've got a renewed focus on nitrogen use efficiency for this year so we're actually looking um, at doing variable rate nitrogen trials with the in inclusion of agri liquisafe as well which is a urease and nitrification inhibitor for liquid fertilizers where will you try where do you think your trials will be going in the next two to three years and beyond no i think um the way that things are moving there's a renewed focus on variable rate applications of um crop protection products um and i think that's that's going to be something that's going to be coming on on board a lot more in the next few years and especially um, as an industry and, and as a as a company, we want to sort of be ahead of ahead of that. So we're actually looking into variable rate PGR programs for this year in winter wheat, winter barley, and winter oilseed rape, um, with the intention that we will expand that and perhaps look at look at other crop protection products going forward. And Sam, for you at Riser, this must be really helpful and beneficial on behalf of your clients to be able to have access to this uh, research and development that's specific to digital farming yeah it's been um it's been an interesting project for us to to be involved with it's been uh there's been a lot of claims in the press in the farming press of of returns from precision farming but there's been no in-depth trials done that's actually come back with tangible data that said okay this is the benefit or maybe not the benefit we we we, we need to work that that out but having those trials and that data to then be able to make decisions on farm that we've got an element of confidence in uh, due to the fact that we've got the data to back that confidence up. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, interesting times. So, Lucy, coming back to your trials, how can growers keep track of the developments and the trials that you're conducting? So if um, any of the growers have got agroagronomists, they've got access to um, all of the information and the results that come out of these trials. Um, we do also feed other information out um, just on, on the sort of trial results that we're getting and just to put the key message out about, you know, what we're, what we're trying to achieve with these trials and, and where we're trying to get to, really. Um, because not only is the trials about getting results, it's about refining our services as well and, and making changes as a company to what we're finding. Um, from the results. Well, that sounds really, really interesting and very helpful as well. And Sam, uh, as a call to action for growers, how can growers get to start using these tools straight away now? Well, you can sign up to Riser's base package and that's free of charge for agri-customers. The best way to do that is contact your agronomist or if you know who your local Riser account manager is, get in contact with them and they can get you set up once they've got some information from you and start collecting this data and it's there for future decision making going forward. Thank you Sam and Lucy for a very insightful look into digital farming. That's it for this podcast but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season exploring the many immediate and longer term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you would like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.